Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brooks. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon, so tune in. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker, and you're listening to Brandon Buzz on Blog Talk Radio. This is a great show. Brandon is a great host. (laughs) So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it Baby, when you live on a street of dreams Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be This is Terry Garber, and you are buzzing with Brandon This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz Hey guys, and welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. It is 10 a.m. here in Texas. It's 11 a.m. Uh, back east, and it's 8 a.m. out in sunny California. And I am thrilled to be back on Brandon's Buzz. I've been on a little hiatus, uh, as you probably know if you've been listening to the show regularly. My partner and I just bought a house, so I spent the last three weeks living in a maze of boxes and new furniture and and all kinds of madness. And I just haven't had time to to uh, work on my blog very much or host this show. And next week I'm going on a road trip to Colorado, so um, I won't be on the air for a couple more weeks after this, but I'll be back in the back half of, of, of August with all new shows and great guests. And uh, I, I appreciate you stopping by here today, and I appreciate my guest who is also coming in from her vacation uh, to come gab with me for a bit and, and you know talk about all the soaps and talk about all the exciting stuff. Uh, it's, it's really great fun. You know, when I fell in mad love, with her legendary soap opera weekly column, Critical Condition, 20 years ago. I couldn't have dared to dream that I would one day not only have conversations with her, but be able to genuinely call her my friend. She rested her Marlena de la Croix moniker for a time earlier this decade, but she's come back just when we needed her most. And her first appearance on this show a couple months ago was such a smashing success that I just had to have her back. And she's here today just bursting with opinions about this very busy, very action-packed soap summer. It's a great thrill to welcome back to my show today the funny, the supremely astute, Connie Pasalacqua Heyman. Hi, Brandon. I'm just so pleased to be back. I had such a wonderful time with you the last time, and I have to thank you for all that wonderful gush. I'm just (laughs) blushing, really. I don't know if you could see my my little cartoon character blushing, but I'm blushing. (laughs) And it's very much appreciated. You know how much I love you, and I had such a great such a great time with you the first time too. And and I I hope you are a regular here at Brandon's Buzz because you are oh, just terrific. delighted, de- delighted, delighted. Especially <laughs> especially now, you know, I haven't really written a really long column this summer, and I'm just uh, even though I thought I was on vacation, I'm never on vacation. I always have those, those damn shows on, no matter what I'm doing. But you know, I'm just astounded by what I see <laughs> this Isn't summer. Isn't it funny, though, how it's impossible to walk away, even when they're so bad? I mean, you know, I I've, know. My, I old know. Favorite, my old favorite One Life to Live, I've watched it for 21 years now, and, you know, I've lived through the best of times and the worst of times, and I haven't walked away. Oh, me too. Me too. Me too. You know, I've watched it for 40 years, and uh, even when I was in graduate school, uh, that was the only show I watched, and that was when Dina Higley was writing yes, it, so yes, you have to see yes. how desperate I was. <laughs> So, you know, we'll get there in a bit. Let's talk about another ABC show that, that's that's fallen on hard times, uh, All My Children. You know, um, Oh, God. <laughs> that, it, it, it's fallen into such a state of disrepair, and it's almost as though the people running it don't realize how bad it is. 
or don't care. It, it, it's One just, of the two. It's, it, it's, you know, all my children was always my favorite going back. And it's just, you know, we thought we had seen it devastated under Megan, but Megan loved the show. You know, she loved the characters. She loved the actors. This, you know, Mr. Pratt, who I, I have to say I've never met, um, you know, he thinks he's writing like the end of Search for Tomorrow or Love of Life. He's not writing All My Children, and it's scary. It's like watching it from outer space now. It really is. And um, it's, I, I just think it's real. I think it's very, very scary, and I just don't know how much longer they can go on with him. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to ask you. How, how much lo- are, they, are they happy with the job he's doing? And how much longer are they going to stick with? with well, the ratings are terrible, so you know, like you know, I I don't know what kind of arrangement he has with a, you know, I don't know what his contract is, but I feel sorry for the actors. I was going to write a column that, you know, these actors have got like the best male cast in daytime. You know, mm-hmm. Vincent Arizari, uh Michael Knight, David okay. Canary, Ricky Paul, Torsten, okay, and um, of course uh, uh, Darnell, right? Sure. And these. These poor guys, I watch them on the screen, and it's like they're they're obviously at a loss, you know. They don't really have anything to act, and they all have to act as fast as they can because there's nothing there. And it's scary because you know these guys are the best, you know. And and you just watch the show, and you just almost see them sweating. That's how how bad the material is. And I feel bad for them because they are really great actors, you know. And a lot of them have devoted their lives to soap opera. You know, look at Torsten. I mean, mm-hmm. he's so wonderful. And, you know, and I think to me that's what sticks out the most is that the cast is just like, you know, if we think it's bad, you can imagine what they have to, you know, <laughs> they've got to make it come to life, and it's scary. You know, poor Michael Knight, I, I feel the worst for him because they're writing Tad as such a buffoon now. It's, it's, you know, I mean, he can play anything, and he has played everything over the years. Right, but, right. Well, you but, know, I called it, I call him the Borschfeldt comedian, you know. <laughs> Because he, he is. He, I don't know if you ever saw a movie called Broadway Danny Rose with um, Woody Allen, and he's like an agent to all these like two-bit acts on Broadway, and they have like plate spinners and bad comedians, and that's what they've made of Tad, and, it, and it's it's horrible. And the thing is, you know, I think I know why they did it because you know many zillions of years ago, when Michael Knight was first on All My Children, he went to Hollywood and he did a movie, and everybody thought he was going to be this next big comic actor like Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen, you know. I mean, it doesn't happen for a lot of people. And I, they probably said to him, "Well, what, you know, well, what do you, you know, let's see what he's good at. Let's give him some, let's give him some comedy." But the stuff they're writing is not funny. It's not funny, and it's it's, it's horrible, and, you know. And and Tad's wit was always like an Agnes wit, you know, mm-hmm. not not a Borschtel comedian. Mm-hmm. So you know, what a botch job. I mean, <laughs> really. And I'm sure he knows it too. He must. You know, back in the glory days, Tad was kind of the ultimate truth teller in a way. I mean. Mm-hmm. He, he he couched it in 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 humor and in you know kind of um, yeah because he's very vulnerable he's left yeah. in the park his parents left him in the park when he was a kid you know yeah. and and but now I, I i just you know i really don't know i i just uh you know I, I, when he comes on i hardly even see him and i don't think that's what they they're intending you know exactly you know i had the the infamous um uh michael bruno on my show a couple months ago and uh-huh. He told me that he judged the drama series Emmy Reels and that he thought AMC was a shoe-in. Um, Are any of his clients on it? Uh, Beth Ellers is and Ricky Paul is. Oh, okay. Just just curious. Yes, <laughs> go on. But, uh-huh. I mean, you know, he, he, he went on to explain himself, uh, talking about the, the episodes that everybody submitted and, and that uh, he, thought, uh-huh. he thought they were head and shoulders above everybody. It was the only one that gave him a true emotional reaction. And... Um, if that indeed comes to pass and they win, they win the best series Emmy. What is, what does that they're mean not for, their, for the creative? They're not going to win. General Hospital will win before they do. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I think the vibes are out on that show. They are not going to win. I mean, they even had hard times winning, you know, when it was great. Yeah. Um, so I cannot see them. And in terms of, you know, you know, the actors giving emotional truth, there's nothing there to act. What What is the truth? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I respectfully disagree with him. <laughs> I didn't see any of the reels. I don't judge. I am just a critic. Yeah. And I don't. You know, I'm just a critic, and that has always—I've always been a critic, and that's it. The ridiculous thing about the system is now that anybody can pick a good episode. I mean, you know, out of out of 260 episodes that each show does, or whatever the number is, every show is capable of coming up with one good episode. I mean, it's just—you're right, you're right, like CGI or something. Exactly. You know? But they've exactly. been playing. But they've been playing the system from the beginning. You know, they've been playing. You know, I remember 20, 20 years ago that was you know when they first brought this in, that was a complaint. You know, but you know, to be very honest, I think I, I talked about this the last time I was on the show. I'm just like not, you know, the Emmys doesn't mean the Emmys don't really mean very much to me now yeah. because I think we have bigger problems. It sure doesn't have the same the same prestige and the same cachet that it used to. I mean, you know, at one time it actually was what it was intended to be, which was the the highest honor that could be bestowed. Well, uh huh, uh huh. You know, no, I think it is. Yeah, I, you know, I, th- I think it still is. It's just I don't know. I mean, it's like a bad time, and also, you know, the Emmys this year, as you know, are not being done by the networks; they're being done by the CW, and no one knows what to expect. Yeah. You know, so I think it's, we're going to be surprised, and I don't know what that surprise is going to be. But it, you know, it's, it's always been easy to play the system, always. Okay. But it's it, it, it's just so politically motivated and politically driven now that it's. It's it's really hard to take it seriously, and even as a fan, to put any faith in it. I mean, well, as you know, that's why I used to do the Marlena Awards because you know the Emmys have always been politically motivated. Now I think it's it's a little bit more because everybody wants to keep their jobs, you know. But I don't. I never, you know. I used to use this line that everybody says it's great, you know, when someone wins. When somebody loses, they say, well, you know, we have we should have a different system. You know, it's it's always been like a very difficult thing to to do daytime Emmys in the first place. But um, as a fan, you know, I say think independently. It's true. You know, I haven't even thought. I have never even sat down this year and thought, well, who was the best and who wasn't. You know, I'm just so busy watching this craziness on my screen, uh-huh. you know, fight for survival that, to me, awards are irrelevant. And, you know, I'm one of those people who who lived every March for the Marlena Awards. I just, I, I, <laughs> I loved every year. Thank you. Thank who, you. Who you would come up with and, and what, what categories you would come up with. And you always came up with something different, and it was great. Oh, thank you. They were you very should. selfish. <laughs> so the whole thing was everybody, you know, I should have, I think I did them on the, uh, not on, on the theory that everybody has their own awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Everyone. And that, those just happened to be mine. <laughs> You know, and I think that everybody does have their own awards. <laughs> so uh, there's a growing sense that Stewart is alive and that Adam is dead. I you see. I told you. Yeah, Did you I were say exactly. That? You were the first one to posit that. And yeah. Uh-huh. I'm wondering we, if you still believe it, or yeah. if it's just that David Canary is so desperate for something to play that he's tossing that in just as just as an aside. Well, you know, when it all happened, I thought it was kind of curious, you know, because you know I had interviewed him and for the American Archives of TV, and he loves Stuart, you know, and Stuart and Adam are like part of the whole, you know, two, the two of them together equals one. So I don't know, I, I thought that was very suspicious. But then, um, you know, as as events went by, you know, especially when they got him together with Annie, and I just wrote this in my column, I mean, he, Stuart and Annie are the same kind of people. They're both 
have mental problems and they've both been, you know, in hospitals and, you know, I don't think that one, that, you know, that one, sorry, that, you know, one understands the other. They're like a perfect match. So okay. when I saw that Adam was putting, they were putting Adam with Annie, I said, this is very curious. And I, I think that that's my theory. You know, that's my theory that um, he is alive and he loves Annie. Although I don't know why anybody would at this point. <laughs> you know, I don't quite understand what they're going to do. They have been very secretive. And uh, I, I know I wasn't the only one who thought it was Stuart. There were yeah. other people think so, too. But that, that's how I reasoned it out. Well, you know, the whole story has been just just impossibly complicated and, and almost Byzantine with its, with its you know, different characters lying. And, and every day there's some kind of ridiculous twist. I mean, it's... It's just been really hard to follow. Because the man is not Henry Slusser, who used to write Edge of Night. Okay, Edge of Night was the best mystery show ever, and uh-huh. he knew how to plant, he knew how to do twists and how to plant evidence. And obviously, Mr. Pratt <laughs> doesn't really know. And, um, you know, I don't know anybody who's watched it all the way through. I mean, I'll be honest, I've tuned it out for a bit because uh-huh. it's just, and also, as I said, I just can't stand to watch those poor actors sweat so much. You know, David Canary is like, Sweating a ton every single day. What am I doing with this crazy story? And um, I don't know who could follow it. Can you, I mean, could you? No, huh? Okay. I, I I tune in maybe once a week just uh-huh. to uh-huh. just to kind now, of get a I, sense of I don't of really what think happens. anybody cares at this point. You know, Stuart and Adam were not really meant to be sympathetic characters. You know, they were meant to be antagonists, people who push the action. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not supposed to feel for them. So I'm very confused. <laughs> Very confused indeed. But again, I admire you know, David Canary enormously and all the actors and actresses on that show. Every one of them. Torsten and, and uh, Ricky Paul and poor Beth Ellers, who was just drowning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw her the other day. I hadn't seen her for a long time. And it's like, where's my character, you know? <laughs> I know, I feel terrible. You know, when you go out in front of millions of people and you uh-huh. don't have a character... You know, it, it must be it must be horrendous. It really must be. I mean, I still love her. You know, we all Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And you know, I mean, even though things got tough for her on Guiding Light in the past, in the last couple of years of her of her tenure there, I mean, she left a very cushy job for, you know, uh, promises of gold and and you know everything at the end of the rainbow, and it hasn't panned out at all. Yeah, that I'm sure that happens to a lot of people, especially you know, I think all the the usual, you know, things about soaps are gone, like, all my children is a great job. No, it's not anymore. <laughs> you know, and all my children used to be the greatest show in, in soaps. It used to be the greatest job in soaps. You had Agnes writing for you and that sure. great production team. And, you know, you were very lucky if you got on that show. Now I'd be afraid to be on that show. <laughs> what show would you not be afraid to be on? <laughs> None. <laughs> None. I don't know. Maybe Young and Restless. It depends, but... You know, I don't know. Maybe that's about probably the only secure show at the moment. Everything else is kind of teetering. So, but Young and Restless is, as you you know, we've all you know, Young and Restless is flourishing. So, hooray! So at least something is. Sure. You know, you mentioned Henry Slusser. Is he still alive? Do we know? No, he died about okay. eight to ten years ago. I mean, I knew him though. I, I interviewed him at his palatial 72nd Street apartment, and he was a very interesting gentleman. He was very, very professional and uh as i said a real pro you invoked his name a lot in your column and, and i would love to have a conversation with him i i didn't know if he was still alive or not yeah, uh-huh. yeah. no he died um i don't know maybe about six or seven years ago i'm not sure but okay. you know he had a great career great you know he was a writer for perry mason he was a nighttime writer absolutely and um as i said he was just very dignified and you know a gentleman of the old school 
So, um, and, and he brought something different and very exciting to this genre. That's right. That's right. And I used to watch another show he wrote called Somerset when I was in high school. And, you know, he would do, which was not a great show, except for the fact that, you know, Ted Danson and Joe Beth Williams, you know, came from that show. And he uh-huh. wrote that show for a while. And he had some pretty interesting mysteries on that show, too. So back to all my children. They're, they're teaming up Cameron and Susan. Is that a good idea? Is that... You know, a lot, I've been asked that a lot of times, and I've I've been thinking about it, and I was looking at. Susan. I mean, you're the you're the you're the leading luchiologist on the planet. I am. I am on the planet. Uh, uh huh. Well, you know, if you're gonna if a thirty, I don't know how old is he, thirty five or forty, is gonna go after an older woman, let it be Susan. I mean, she's still gorgeous, you know, and he's gorgeous, so let them do what they do. You know, I haven't really seen the the chemistry very much, and Susan usually has chemistry with just about everyone, but I think it's very awkward because it's not written very well. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but it seems that when Susan was going to get the storyline, I, I might just be imagining it, but she had a little nips and tucks, you know, and a little <laughs> breast work. And she looks gorgeous. You know, there are only a few women on daytime who can get work done, and, and it makes them look, you know, natural and gorgeous, like Deirdre Hall. Susan is one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of that, and I don't want to, I don't want to disparage anybody, but I was watching Bold and the Beautiful yesterday for the first time in eons, and uh-huh. I got to look at Hunter Tyler's face, and it is oh, it's terrible. I know it's it's it, you know it's 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 a tragedy for a lot of people who have had it. You know, it must be so hard to to keep a job in Hollywood because I was thinking like everyone has had work yesterday. I was watching the shows, and I'm thinking, oh my God, people my age have had work, you know, but <laughs> you know, people have varying varying. Um, uh-huh. Degrees of success with it, and Susan uh-huh. just looks great. But you know, there are plenty of people that we could say that look really bad, and it's scary. It, it's it's horrifying. Yeah, but they have to do it. You know, they have to stay young. You know, they have to. You know, there's always a, a younger person coming up behind them, and you know, I think it's it must be very difficult. So I I salute the people that get it done right, <laughs> or have the money to get it done right. <laughs> So, you know, we were talking about our old favorite one life to live. You've been very out front about what you perceive to be rampant sexism on that show, um, and I'm wondering if you can explain that a little bit. Well, first of all, I, I love the show, and I watch it every day, okay? And I've watched it every day for years, and I think that, you know, it's one of the two watchable shows now. You know, oh, it, it's eminently watchable. I mean, and, you know, I come in here, you know, every night after dinner, I come in here and I watch it. So I'm a fan. Um, I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's really well done, but I think that, you know, I think the way that it's written, if they just had a script editor, they might catch some things that are kind of insulting to women, you know, like, as I wrote many times, Marty sleeping with Todd again, you know, how many people sleep with their rapist? <laughs> okay, so that, that was just, that was just one of the things, mm-hmm. and I think of the other ones you probably know, I mean, what do you think of Todd and Taya being back together again? You know, I, I think it's ridiculous that they're trying to kind of refashion him as the romantic hero of the show. Exactly, exactly. It is, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. And, I, and it's vaguely insulting to, to especially the long-term viewers of that show who have tracked his evolution. It's it's more than that to the women, because why would you sleep with a, a guy that hit you in the face? Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense, unless you're like Rihanna. And Taya is a very smart person. You know, she's really a bright person. They never showed you... Is it something in their childhood that she's doing this? It's never been explained, so it doesn't play right. 
you know, I hate it, but if they're going to play it, and, you know, Buck Marlin could do a story like this, he would go back and explain it. Uh-huh. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Whereas they just kind of gloss over it, and it's really offensive. And you know, whenever even, read... even even the first time when when it was when it was her with Roger, they'd never really explained it. I mean, uh-huh. Claire Labine just kind of put them together. Well, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of there was a lot of uh, you know there was a lot of um, pressure at the time because Roger was such a big star. No one would you know it was not planned to be that way, and he just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. But you know, at that point, he had not hit her, and I think that when somebody hits you. You know, you should get the message, <laughs> and that's what. And you know, it's like if somebody rapes you, you should get the message, and it's really anti-feminist, and I, it's really anti-female, and that's what makes me mad because women are watching the show, and you're a guy, you see the same thing. So you know, how does this get through? You know, I, I, sometimes I just think that that the creative the creative people the the executives are under such pressure to you know put together a show and and you know just just get it on the air no matter uh, good bad whatever just to get it a physical product on the air that they're not really thinking that deeply in terms of 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 what they're putting together i mean well, that's know, not a good enough excuse that's not, that's their job is to put the best thing they can on the air you know it's also been put you know, on fast for the last 40 years, and you didn't see things like this until the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, if that's not an excuse that we're writing fast. You know, I'm sure that when, you know, we, we viewers always think we're the first ones to notice, but I'm sure if you're the actress who plays Taya or you're the director, you, you say, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, I think there was an interview, was it last week, with, um, I was really surprised with Farrah Fath. You know, when she was saying, well, this storyline is ridiculous. You know, I, I, you don't, you know, you don't hear that very much. I, I salute her for speaking out, you know. <laughs> but you don't hear that very much at all from anyone. And that storyline is ridiculous. And everybody it is absolutely it. ridiculous. Did you, did you happen to catch the, the pregnancy reveal earlier in the week? It went on forever. Didn't it go take one ep- yes. whole episode? I, didn't, yes. I couldn't stand it. It's ridiculous. And it was just completely over the top and ridiculous. Uh, the acting was, was just totally unrestrained and over the top. Uh-huh. I just, it, well, you know, it's a ridiculous situation. And the person who was supposed to be the hero, you know, Rex is a wonderful, wonderful hero and a great strength to that show. And they've made a total ass of him. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there's something really wrong going on there. And uh, it bears more uh, uh, investigating, but not from us fans. We can't do anything, you know, yeah. except to say, well, what is going on here? <laughs> You know, and I just see it, and I go, you know, it's just like, how could this be on my set? <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, told, I think I wrote about the cat fights, and, you know, there was a cat fight, and they were both wearing, like, plunging, plunging necklines. I mean, why don't we just have, like, WWF? <laughs> That's what I mean. It's offensive. <laughs> do, do you see? And I'm sure, the, you know, everybody must know it who works there, but, it, you know, it just bothers me. You know, I've... I've like you, that's your show. You've done it for how long? How many years? Uh, I started in '88, so 21 years. All right, I started in '71, so wow. You know, that's my show too, and it's it's very hurtful. You, you know, know? I, I I tell you what drives me crazy is is when you see a character like Blair who has who has made such a trackable evolution over the years. I mean, she has matured in front of our eyes. Uh huh. And in the past couple of years, she's just regressed to this ridiculous kind of foil for Todd. I mean, it's... it's. I know. It, it's really I, kind of heartbreaking in a way to, to watch her just regress to something that that we thought that she had matured out of. 
Right. You know, you mentioned that the pace is really, you know, it's really the pace is, is very fast on soaps. I think that, you know, they have to come up with these plots where there's something big happens every other day, right? So there's a crime or a rape or this or that. And um, I think what happens is, is that the women are the victims. And I think that since there are so many crimes and so many things, that women, the women are the ones who regress. You know, I think that it's, it's the pace of the storytelling takes a real toll on women. And you and I have watched Blair forever, and we know what she's like. And when we see her act like an idiot, we know something's wrong. Yes, yes. So they have to make the choice. You know, they have, do we have a fast pace and, you know, something's put on, you know, every other day for mini sweeps? Or, you know, or do we have her be a real person? And I think that at this point most people are saying, well, we've got to survive. We've got to step up that story, right? It's just my theory. Well, and two, I, I, I'm sure it's true of all the soaps, but I know One Life to Live in particular, the way they the way they film their show now. I mean, they film completely out of order. They film oh, they do uh-huh. you know bits and pieces of of like six different episodes because they they film by set and by character now, mm-hmm. and so it's it's really difficult, I would imagine, to you know get any kind of continuity going when when you're filming you know a bit of Monday's episode and then a bit of Friday's episode and then a bit of an episode two weeks from now, and it's. It's almost impossible to to keep track of anything like that. I, w- I would imagine. Well, that's the producer's job, and that's why they have producers' assistants. Okay, that you know, again, this has been done on other selves. It's the producer's job. I don't think it's a the piecemeal part of um, uh, of filming. I think that you know maybe it's not being produced well. I don't know. I, he's a, Frank Valentine is a great supposed to be a great producer, so I really don't know. But um, I think the problems come more from the form. You know, from the fact that they've got to do everything yeah. immediately, and we've got to, you know, have a crash every other day. <laughs> but they've done good stuff. I mean, they introduced this new black family, right? The uh-huh. Evans, and I love Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people are very. Con- she's very controversial. How do you how, do? You like her? You know what? I do like her. I think she's. I think she's cute, and I think she's refreshing. And and uh, she and Matthew together are uh, adorable. That's, yeah, that's a good budding couple. Yeah, it's original. You know, yeah. you don't get to see a lot of originality. And, Absolutely. And you know, they have the you know the two brothers who are at each other's throats, uh, Greg and what's the, the Sean? Sean, yes, yeah. Greg and Sean. And I know they're casting a mother, so you know you have to compliment them on the fact that they're you know finally replenishing their black their black cast, and it looks like a very appealing family. Yes. You know, I'm optimistic about it. I just wonder why they couldn't bring back the Gannons if they were going to, you know, bring in a... a... Oh, I know. I love R.J. <laughs> I love him. All, all older women love R.J. <laughs> I'm not old, but I have a lot of, you know, I, I, he's just, he's such a great actor. To me. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe they'll bring him back once in a while. You know, <laughs> you never know with that show. Maybe he's related to them. You never know. It's, hey, you know, anything's possible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you like the new Rachel? I like her. You I know, do, too. I, She's beautiful, and I don't think she's like the greatest actress in the world, but I think that she uh, has a lot of strength. You know, she's played 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 the role very strongly, and I and I and I like that, and I'm glad she's Nora's daughter, and that's great. She really feels like Nora's daughter, doesn't mm-hmm. she? Uh, yeah, she does, and she and Hillary have connected really well. It seems. Yeah, definitely. I was I was dubious at first because you know the original Rachel was so terrific that uh-huh. that uh, yeah. you know it, it's hard to imagine anybody else in that role but but she's doing a she's doing a very good job i think no i think she's a real yeah i think she's definitely uh you know one of the be- one of the better ca- castings of the year everywhere in soaps definitely and um again she's refreshing too so you don't get to say that about many <laughs> characters on soaps these days so you know they've got a lot going for them 
So are they really going to bring Bo and Nora back together again, or are they just yanking our chains yet again? Um, I've been thinking about this since we, you know, because as you know, I did the first interview with them in 1992. And yes, and if I'm not mistaken, you also did the first interview with with Linda Gottlieb, where she revealed <laughs> that she was going to to bring them together. Is that is that not? Yes, true? I did. Yes, I did. Um, uh, at the time, it was like people didn't think that, you know, why didn't we do this before? And it was a great idea, and obviously uh-huh. it was a fantastic idea, and it worked like a charm. And you know, why they didn't keep them together is, you know, is is everybody's. Everybody has theories, you know, but um, I was very upset when they split them up. But I was, I was thinking today, like... Everybody was. Yeah. Everybody I, was. Like, why now, you know? Like, why get them together now? It's been 17 years. And the thing is, is that I think for, there's a bunch of reasons. The first is, is that they need something to balance off the stupidity of Gigi and Stacy. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Since, and, especially since they seem, you know, hell-bent on, on keeping Crystal Hunt around. Right. I mean, you know, right. as we were talking last week privately, back in the old days, you know, when it, when especially on ABC, when a character just flat didn't work mm-hmm. and the audience didn't respond right. to it, they were jettisoned immediately, and it's just not that way anymore. No, so I think that might be a reason. I think they didn't have any other stories for the summer, but you know, everybody's always wanted them back together. And the only thing that puzzles me is it's written in a way that, like, if you're like. Nora's age, you know, and I am. You know, when you get older, you know, you think about things and still waters run deep. And, you know, sometimes if you do something emotional, you think about it. And they don't show her thinking. You know, the only reason they're getting back together on the show is because the because the son is crippled, right? It yeah. should be more organic than that. And there's nothing, or I hate that word usually, or, you know, when, when a writer's an editor has to be, but it should come more from those characters. And I just don't see why it's now. I mean, I'm thankful that it's now. <laughs> But the, but my other fear is that once they get them back together, they'll get rid of them. That's, yeah. that's just me being a cynic. And um, so I, I just uh, am very, very curious. Like, you know, I'm curious what's going to happen. But I wish it was more of a love story. You know, if, if Claire Levine was writing it, it would be a beautiful love story. <laughs> if anyone, you know, any of the older writers were writing it, it would be a love story. And to me, it's just very shallow. Yeah. You know, you just don't, like, look at somebody and kiss them one day after 17 years. But you, you know, think? I mean, they they've built a convincing friendship over the years. I mean, you know, it's. I know, I mean, but what what sparked this? Well, you know? that their son is crippled. I mean, that's not enough. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I think too deeply and I expect too much. <laughs> but you know, just like everyone else, they're two of my favorite characters and my favorite actors. So you want more, and I wish there was more. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, as a fan who has waited 11 years for them to come back together, I'll I'll take whatever I can get. I... Oh, I will too, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And um, as I said, well, I'd love to see, you know, how they're going to play this out. You know, I, I contend that breaking those two up was the hands-down stupidest decision that, that Jill Phelps ever made. Oh, I agree with you, and she's made a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> you were notoriously critical of her and her time on the show you know, oh, 10 years ago. And, but and she, did, it was, it, she was horrible. She came in and she just destroyed the thing, and she had just done such wonderful work on Guiding Light. Nobody could uh-huh. understand what was going on. You know, and also, you know, the Michael Malone period had been over, the first Michael Malone period, and it's like... To have someone who just comes in and, you know, imposes her personal friends and, you know, I mean, I would say, oh, no, this can't be happening. But it did, you know. Why, you know, we had all these actors, like, why were they on the show? Because they were on another world. And, and you know, and the thing with Nora was the worst because they got rid of her brain. And that, to me, was a real, so offensive. 
you know, and Linda Gottlieb had brought in a woman with a brain on purpose. <laughs> and for them to destroy it was just horrible. Yeah. I mean, who's going to, you know, sleep with my ex-boyfriend so I can get pregnant so I could, you know, pass the baby off <laughs> on my husband? I mean, an intelligent woman wouldn't do that. <laughs> so it didn't make any sense for anyone. So what do you make of all the ABC actors going to As the World Turns this summer? Is it is it I the big deal it. that the press seems to be making of it? or is I support it. Why not? You know, it's great to see Lynn Herring again. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking forward to Stuart Damon. We have a piece going in about that on our, our website. And um, why not? I mean, I'm not going to, you know, being a staunch One Life to Live fan, I tune into As the World Turns very selectively. And I put it on this week to see Lynn, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sure. Uh-huh. What, what, and, what do you, she and Trent are just a dream team together. I mean, are they great? Yeah, except that just, she, she... It's it's yin and yang. I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's, I know, I know. And doesn't she look like old enough to be his daughter? I mean, she she she. she this is her, time has stopped for Lynn Herring. I mean, she's she looks twenty five. <laughs> I was like shocked. I'm sure that everybody else was too. She is gorgeous. I think she'll be gorgeous when she's ninety. I mean, I know, I know. It's just amazing though when you see her. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> and they are that you're right. They are a dream team, and I hope that they they keep it going definitely because Henry is such a great character. Absolutely. And Vienna, you know, they just get you know, and she could play comedy. It's really whoever came up with that idea should get an Emmy. That's what I think. <laughs> but on the other hand, considering all the vets that they ignore as it is, is this a good move for them in terms of uh, PR with fans? Well, I, I know that some, you know, I think that I think I know, you know, who who voiced those those opinions. Yeah, sure. If it's your show and you know, and you're, you're used to watching that show, you don't want, you know, you of course you want your vets to get more time. But I think that you know they're trying they're doing they're trying to get newer people in, and that's always annoying. You know, if it's your show, you don't want newer people to come in. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I know that they go through their stories very quickly there, so I think that has something to do with it. You know. Yeah. Very quickly, like every three weeks or something. You know, so I, I think it's kind of a mood. I, I think they're going to get great ratings for Lynn and for Stuart Damon. They are very popular. Wouldn't you kill to have a no holds barred conversation with Liz Hubbard right about now? <laughs> well, I've had conversations with her in the past. But they usually get kind of scattered, but yeah, I would definitely. Plus, I'd love to hear about that soap that she's doing in. Um, Denmark? Holland, yeah. yeah. What a great, what a great story that would make. I would love to know what that, what that's about. <laughs> you know, definitely. And she's such a great career. I mean, fifty years. You know, she, she was on the first soap I ever watched, The Doctors. She was like young, 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 young. I mean, she really has had an, an amazing soap career. You know, a great interview. Absolutely. And you know, everybody just loves how frank she is and candid. I mean, she's, just, <laughs> you know. There are there just are no holds. I mean, it's uh huh. Well, you know, she's had she. I think when um, Felicia was the the producer over at As the World Turns, she had a big falling out with them and went off the show for two years mm-hmm. and said, "I don't need you anymore. Bye." You know, <laughs> and you know, and she and then the production regime changed and she came back. But you yeah. know, it takes a lot to say bye. Uh huh. You know, especially when you know those are hard jobs to get. You know. Well, and the rumor was that she wanted. Creative control of her character, and she wanted to be able to, you know, pen her own dialogue, and you know, just you know, rumors. I don't know. As I said, you know, I think we had talked about this privately. Rumors. I don't know. I don't believe rumors anymore. You know, you hear things, and you just don't know exactly how true they are. I, I 
didn't he? I didn't even hear that at the time. I was, uh, I didn't know that was what the the fight was over. But I, I, you know, I knew Felicia pretty well, and and she was like a real reasonable person. So you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, sometimes the full story is never told. <coughs> so you mentioned in a in a in a chat with me last week that that show has some secret strengths. And I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that. The actors, you know, I think the acting. I have a friend who, I, uh, who I've been friends with, my soap friend who works at um, Channel 13 here in New York, and he's like a theater guy, and you know, he loves As the World Turns. He <laughs> loves it no matter what happens. And but what, the thing is, when he when he reasons out why he loves it, I, he's so good at reasoning. I agree with him. But the acting is really great on that show. I really mm-hmm. think that there's still like a, a standard of of, of excellence on that show in terms of the acting, which might have come down from the older people. And, you know, I think that if you have those kind of actors, then go, with, you know, go for it. And I sure. do think the actors are better on that show. I don't, I, you know, they just come from a, a, a different tradition. So, um, you know, look at Henry. God, you don't have him on any ABC <laughs> self. Trent Dawson, you know, they're just so good. Katie McLean and, you know, you just don't have those on other shows. I mean, Katie, was, of course, was on another show, but I just think they, that, that, that they still care there very much yeah. about what they're doing. Have you been watching Martha Byrne on, on General Hospital? Yeah. You know what? I was going to write a column about this. She's doing Liz Hubbard. Did you realize that? <laughs> You know? No, I didn't. Not until you said that. No. <laughs> well, first of all, she's a great actress, and I'm glad she's really done well. And I hope they keep her in a nice girl. I interviewed her when she was 16, but you know, she grew up on the show. She came on the on As the World Turns when she was 15, and Elizabeth Hubbard was her mother. Absolutely. And she's played 30 years worth of, you know, 20 years worth of scenes with Elizabeth Hubbard. And I'm looking at her character. I'm going, oh, this this seems familiar. You know, so it's great. She could do it. You know, I think she's a, a great, you know, a great gal. But I, I just like saw saw the similarity. What do you think? I, I, you know, I think she's one of the few watchable characters on that show right now. And I can't. I mean, you I think and, you just, and me both. Yeah. It, it reinforces how criminally stupid As the World Turns was to let her slip away. I know. I know. That's the dumb. That was one of the dumbest moves, moves ever, ever in the history of soap operas. You know, she's very dynamic, and everybody loves her. Name me one person who does not love Absolutely. her. I mean, how can you not? I mean, she's so, I don't think bubbly is quite the right word, but she's so personable. I mean, yeah, she's, she's real. So, she's yeah. real, and her characters are real. She's a real person. I don't, I just, as I said, some some of these stories are hard to to understand, you know, but, you know, she. I was shocked when she popped up on General Hospital, weren't you? Absolutely. I was stunned when... You know, because it had just been announced that she was she was joining the writing team of Bold and the Beautiful, and right. then all of a sudden she was, and so you're thinking, well, she's going to the behind the scenes kind of thing, and then all of a sudden she's back and uh-huh. she looks better than ever. I mean, she, she talk about someone who still like, looks 25. She, I mean, she, she's only like 35. She's only like 38 years old. She's not very old at all. But she looks incredible. Yeah, she does. She really and, you does. You know, they were they were making you so, so kind of dowdy and matronly on, right. on the World Turns the past the past couple of years of her tenure, and and. Uh, all of a sudden, she looks, you know, amazing again. I mean, she's maybe that's why they've brought all the general hospital actors on as the world turns. Is this reciprocity? They stole Martha, and we're going to steal theirs. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I just that thought just popped into my head, you know. But you know, in terms of general hospital, I agree with you completely. It's just beyond the pale, beyond the reach of, of sanity. <laughs> It is great to see Nancy Legrand back on the front burner, however. Yeah, that's great. I like that they gave her the daughters. It, it, it really strengthens her. And, the, the, you know, all the, the young actors that, as I've written, you know, the actors they've hired are fantastic. If they only hired them, I had writer. You know, who <laughs> was as good, good as they were. 
And I think they've just done a superb, a superb job in casting all those young people on the show. This new kid who plays Michael, he's very good. Yeah, I wrote. Yeah, I think he's like the, the, the find of the year, definitely. I have to say that one of the reasons I, I like him is because he went to a high school in L.A., like a performing arts high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I teach at a school at Marymount Manhattan, which is a lot of dancers and actors. And we have all these kind of young actors coming up. And they're just so full of excitement and talent and working on their craft. And mm-hmm. he just reminds me of them. You know, there's something very, very exciting about him as an actor. And, um, you know, I salute them. I really think that he will go far for them if, if you know, I wish they should write him some great stuff. That's all I care about. <laughs> but I think he's just a gem. And working with Sarah Brown and Maurice Bernard, and you know, I mean, these are the these are the best people in the business to to learn from and and soak in information from. And oh, definitely, definitely. But the stories, the stories. Oh God, I saw Star- Sonny was making some kind of a a speech about the baby. I have to have the baby. I mean, come on. <laughs> You know, put him in the old, old mobster's home. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just so tired. It's so tired. <laughs> so during your soap opera weekly days, you were a notorious trend spotter. Yes. And I don't think anyone can deny that the the hot trend of the year is this influx of gay storylines. That yes, uh huh. And it's a good trend. It's an excellent trend too. Propped up across the genre, you know. Forward-thinking execs have tried for years to get stories like this going. I mean, you know, I, I could tell you because I was there. You know, <laughs> I was there 30 years ago. You know, when I first started in the business, people were talking about this. Absolutely. And, and you, know, you know, and people have been. I'm sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. And and people have made all these attempts. You know, I mean, Doug in, in the 80s brought on a, a character Brian, and he had to like write him off. And you know, I mean, they they were never able to really. Mm-hmm. Achieve this, so this should be like celebrated because it is. It's, it's been so long in coming, and it really is a big, big deal, you know. And I think we owe, you know, I think it owes to, you know, to Eden Regal and Agnes for, you know, for Bianca because they came in very early, you know, they came in and, and made a full character, and you know, it really is a great trend. If you look at the annals of daytime history, the, you've got Hank Elliott and you've got Mike. Right, Hank Elliott, that's the got, one, yeah. You've got Billy Douglas. I mean, right. the, the, right. you know, it, we're kind of riddled with the carcasses of past characters who, who came and went. I know. They, to, yeah, but the thing is, I couldn't do any more with them, you know. For example, Billy Douglas, I, I was the first person to interview Ryan. Yeah. And um, I went to that remote. And yeah. the reason, you know, I always had a lot of problems because he was not really a member of a central family. Remember, he was not a Buchanan. He was jo- he was uh, Joey's friend. Uh-huh. They wouldn't. ABC didn't want to commit. Okay, they didn't didn't want to go there. So I'm saying there's always a I don't want to go there thing of all these stories, you know. And now that they could finally go wherever they want. Exactly. You know. Is it, is it just because that that uh, the uh, they're fearless now and and they're trying to court any audience they can get, or is there is there something deeper going on here? Well, I think there's a lot of factors. First of all, the Luke and Noah story was well well done. Okay, even though they didn't kiss for six months, I think that they were, they did, they've done a quality job of doing a serious relationship. It's not everything we hoped it to be, but it's, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that they pretty much um, you know set the trend for regular characters and also Bianca. So I think that's. You know, that's one of it. The second is, is that, you know, hello, this is the world, you know, <laughs> this is reality. <laughs> and it's true, you know, I mean, there have been gay, you know, the soap opera industry, industry has been 
very gay for like the last, you know, since it began in terms of actors, writers, directors, uh-huh. and you know, uh, you know, this, as I said, it's really long overdue. And why not? You know, there are millions and millions of gay fans. Why sure. shouldn't they have something? They have, you know, be represented too. Sure, absolutely. Uh-huh. So going forward, what what are I mean, how do you, what do you think of Kyle and Fish on One Life? What do you think of Otalia? Well, um, Kyle and Fish, I like because it was a couple of you know I think that they were so hyped before the storyline even began, and I always resent that when people somebody says to me this is going to be the greatest story in the world uh-huh, uh-huh. before you see it. But I I've, I've been seeing the scenes, and I think they're beautiful, beautifully done. You know, very very well written. So I think it's going to be good. But I want to be be the one who's going to say it's a good story. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say oh it's a great story before it you know it hasn't even been on the screen yes. yet. And Otalia has a huge following, my God. I mean, you know, what a response they've gotten with that. It's just too bad that it was in the, the waning days of, of Guiding Light. You know? And, you know, the funny thing is it's it's based on very little very little content on screen. I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny, this this huge response they've gotten based on more of a concept than, than the reality of the story. Well, it's because, you know, people, you know, as, as, as uh, the writers used to say in the old days, people have hope, you know, daytime is about hope. So if you show one thing, you're hoping for more, you know. And uh-huh. with Italia, I think that's what the story is. They've taken a whole, they've taken a real long time with that. But uh-huh. people, I think it was, you know, for something, a, a show that's going off the air like Guiding Light to get such a, so much great publicity and a reaction, it's amazing, you know, amazing that, you know, nobody tried, nobody did this before. And it turns people, you know, I have a, my husband works in an office and um, his office mate, is not a soap opera fan, but she was like looking at my column and she was reading about Italian. She goes, "Oh my God, I have to get to know them." And she started watching the show, and you know, and she, you know, she wants to know where they live, and you know, it's a, it's, it's a really large audience out there that a is underserved, definitely. Uh-huh. You know, it's too bad. It's really too bad it couldn't happen maybe five years ago. Absolutely. You know, on the subject of of guiding light, the influx of returning vets has been very nice, and and you know, a, a lot of fun to to kind of watch all these people that we've loved over the past two decades and more come back. <clears throat> but given the way that show has been so desecrated over the past few years, is there any way at all that it can have a satisfying finale, truly? Well, you know, the fact that it's been on the air for 75 years, I think they're going to have to come up with something fantastic. You know, I don't know um, who's going to write it, but I'm sure there's, there's, it's, there won't be a dry eye in the house. I mean, there's not a dry eye in the house, show, you know, like a soap called like Texas. Any soap that ends is horrible. <laughs> But I don't know, you know, I've not been a fan of the show the last couple of years and um you know, I just don't know how they're going to do it, but it is good to see the old faces. I saw Peter Simon today. I was really shocked. And you know, it's like you get that oh wow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but but I also wrote in my column um that they uh, to me, you know, like they they're bringing back family members, but you know, I there are certain characters, you know, actors on that show I love like Monty Sharp and um uh, you know, do you remember him? Yes, I do. He's like he was, David, who's fantastic, yeah. and mm-hmm. Kevin Mambo, who was one of my all-time favorite actors, and bring them back too. You know, it doesn't only have to be the family members. Sure. Bring back everyone. You know, and those two are just happen to be two of my all-time favorite actors. So I've been campaigning. I know it's a little late, but you know, I'd love to see them. But how great to see people like Maeve Kincaid back and, and uh-huh. uh, Peter Simon, like you mentioned, who still looks amazing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's you know when they bring back Lisa Brown, it's you know it's just. I don't know. It's just it's so bittersweet, you know. You really love seeing these people, but mm-hmm. you, you know why are they there? You know why? Why? You know it's just very, very bittersweet. And I yeah. think as as the, the conclusion comes closer, there's going to be a lot of press. 
you know, there's going to be a 60 Minutes thing and I know some other magazine things. And, you know, that's going to be a real big story and everybody's going to say, oh, Guiding Light is dead, soaps are dead. And, you know, I feel sorry for Guiding Light, but soaps are not dead. You know, I feel terrible about that, you know. <laughs> All my best friends, that's their favorite shows. I used to belong in the 90s on, on the Internet to a Guiding Light group. Uh-huh. And, you know, we would all email every day, and we went to shows together. And, you know, I mean, we're still friendly with these people. Guiding Light was a great, warm, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Even even during the Paul Roush days, I mean, it was still, even though it, it changed dramatically, it was still eminently watchable. Well, I think anything Paul does is watchable because he knows how to produce. Mm-hmm. But I hated those days. I thought that, you know, they were just filled with bad politics and bad writers. I think they had Brown and Essenston and The Clone. And there's a lot of bad politics going on in those days at the studio because I, I remember that because I was kind of like not really um, – I, w- I was not appreciative of it, and, and the people I worked for, the magazine, loved it. So I was – you know, there was just all kinds of conflicts going on. But it wasn't just me. It was uh, – a really, you know, a crazy time there. The politics just got out of hand. Yeah. So speaking of Paul, his his show YNR is pretty much the toast of the town these days. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yes. Uh huh. Well, it's watchable. You know, I watch it. I watch it. Sure, you know, I mean, it's it's very watchable. It's the only one that has a, a viable, you know, production team and uh, writer. You know, nobody gives Hogan any any credit. You know, I give Paul a lot of the credit because I I know what he does to shows, and I could see it. But, you know, it's like the last full-blooded soap opera. You know, they've got the money, they've got the cast, and they don't have to cut the corners that everybody else does. So, and, you know, I think they're just being, they're actually producing theater there, which I think that most of the soaps are not. So is it living up to the hype? I think, well, you know, again, who is doing the hype? You have to think about that. Who's telling you it's the greatest show in the world? You know, consider the source, okay? But, uh, you know, you have to, you know, take into evaluation. If I wrote it, I would say, of course. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> think about the hype. You know, who is saying these things? But, you know, I think that it's living up to the fact that it's the only show that everybody I know is watching. Okay, so that, that's good. And there is, you know, I, I, I think, that, you know, Paul has done a superb job. I think we talked about that the last time I was on, about it, that he's really producing the hell out of it, and it looks like, you know, something is happening there and a brain is going. Absolutely. And they're just, just doing a lot of, you know, clever things, like that stuffed cat. <laughs> everybody knows the cat, right? It's, like, it's just like everybody knew Timmy. Actually, that cat, that cat showed up on my friends list on Facebook. It is. It Kitty Benson wants you to be her friend. I said, okay. How funny. Yeah. So I'm saying, I mean, that was very smart. And, you know, they are doing a lot of very smart things. They're picking up on the whole, gay, you know, the fact that they're doing, you know, gay characters. And there's just a lot of smart decisions, you know, bringing back Tom Beard. So that was a great, de- you know, I don't like him as an actor, but it was a wonderful decision because, you know, he was the first actor to ever come out of the closet in daytime. And bringing him sure. back is very meaningful. Sure. You know, so I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of brain work going on in that show, and I appreciate that because I don't see that in a lot of other places. Have they have they botched that story though, or 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 is it is it still kind which of one? The which? the story of of Philip's fake death and his comeback. Um, I think it's not played out yet. I, I would give it time, you know, okay. because I mean, even though he's not the greatest actor, I think you know it brings in Trisha Cass and she's great, and it brings in you know Jill and it brings in Catherine and. You know, and it brought in John Driscoll to play Chance the Son. 
So, you know, I think we should, should give it a chance. I think that, you know, they really, it was a real, you know, smart move to, to, to do that. And, like, I don't know. I mean, do you ever know anybody who went away for 20 years because they couldn't, you know, couldn't deal with their, their own identity? No. No, me neither. But it's and soapy. It's soapy. You know, know what I'm saying? It's soapy. The, the, the thing is, those of us who were watching that show 20 years ago, uh-huh. Know that none of this, none of this current stuff jibes with what we saw. Oh, that always happens. I know, I know, because Philip was quite. He well, t- tell me about twenty years ago. What what did you see that you, that you don't see now? Well, I, I mean, it, it was it was the story of of you know it was back in the days when everybody loved cricket. I mean. Mm-hmm. It, you know, <laughs> I mean, everything revolved around cricket back in those days, you know, and and uh, he was very much in love with her, from from what I remember. I mean, it was you know the triangle between him and Nina and and cricket, and you know, his his drinking problem had had I don't hadn't revealed itself. Yeah, it had. I mean, uh-huh. we watched him have a drinking problem, but but it was it was more because of. If I remember correctly, because of the the family pressures, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the fact that he had gotten this girl pregnant, mm-hmm. and he was in love with the other girl, you know, it just it doesn't really jibe with what we saw back then. And maybe I'm maybe I'm completely romanticizing what I saw back then. I mean, that that happens all the time. Well, you know, in the old days, they cared about continuity. You know, I'm talking about like Bo and Nora. They figured, well, let's get Bo and Nora, Nora together today, despite what's happened in the past, just so we can get new viewers. And I think that's what they've done with this story. Yeah. If you see it being so out of sync, I didn't want, I didn't see it at the time, but um, you know, I think that they're just going for you know to, to to go for publicity at this point. To go for a trend is probably more important than what the viewers. I'm not endorsing it. I feel the same way you do, but I'm just saying I think this is the way this is the way the thinking is now. You know, if we could, you know, we're trying to survive. You know, what the hell? You know, I and I do. You know, that's every soap fan hates um, when they change the path. Exactly. They do. They exactly. Do, you know, but I think that they'll. You know, again, that's one of the mistakes daytime has made for the last twenty years. They're more interested in getting new people in and honoring the own, the old. So to whom do we have to pray to get rid of Adrian France? <laughs> I can't. I, I, I'm not answering that. Ask the gossip columnist that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not as, as 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 linked into the to the gossip, the California gossip, as I used to be. But <laughs> I just, oh, yeah, I I agree. I wrote about against her in my column, didn't I? Years ago, I can't even remember. Was she on? Yeah, she was on Bald and Beautiful, and yes. I was still writing it so far uh-huh. weekly. I just cannot. I feel the same way you do. I feel it the almost, same way. It, it almost makes you wonder if she, if she has something on on someone in the executive suite. I mean, it's. I think she. Well, I don't know. The, you know, there's a lot of that going around. You know. <laughs> Again, ask a gossip columnist. But I think there's a lot of that that goes around these days. What's your take on on Stacey Heidick? Is is that character redeemable? I don't know. She's made quite a splash, don't you think? She's a I dynamite mean, actress. Yeah, yeah, and she's like a camp queen, and you know, they every soap needs a camp queen. Plus, but she's good. She's a camp queen and a good actress. You don't get Absolutely. that a lot. And I don't know what they're going to do. I think that um, isn't she going to? I just read what she's doing next week, where she seduces Jack with a roofie or something, and she, you know, Jack thinks he's sleeping with somebody else. So, you know, I think that if he gets some ratings, he'll keep her. You know, and I think that she is getting them ratings. And um, well, she's a fun character. The thing is. 
She's a blast, been, and she's a blast to watch. Yeah, but you know that Young Restless has always done well with its villainesses. You know, sure. from the beginning, Jill and Catherine, and you know there have been so many great villainesses on that show. They make that show go. So I, I'm, I'm, I mean, back in the day, nobody thought that Michelle Stafford could be redeemed for all the ridiculous. Right, right, exactly. So you know they've really built their house there on villainesses. But this character has crossed, you know, uh, a pretty substantial line in terms of of harming a child, and I'm just wondering if. Yeah, you know, I wrote about that. That really much. disturbed me. That disturbed me. Yeah, since when do they do that to moms on daytime? You know, and because you no, know, it's true. I mean, they, there are things they wouldn't do because they know you, they used to think mothers watch daytime, and they were the, you know, they do. But I, that 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 I thought was. Very, I think the reason they did that is they're going to like Philip is. I mean, uh, Michelle Stafford is just going to rise and just destroy the town because she's so angry. Wouldn't uh-huh. you? <laughs> no, I think this is what's going to bring back Michelle Stafford as a big villainess. I mean, yeah. what could be a better motivation than that? But it's so cruel. Oh, it's so cruel. It's it's just too cruel. You know, I have friends who have babies, and you know, they don't want to watch things that you know about children because it's hard for them. Oh, and watching that that poor child just struggle with her speech is just heartbreaking. I mean, it just I know it's, it, it's, it, it literally tears at you. Yeah, it's really perver- perverse in a way. <laughs> You know, and I don't even think they're doing it as a social issue story. You know, like she has some, you know what I'm saying? They'll have, you know, they'll come out and have an 800 number or something. I, I just don't think they're doing it for that reason. It's a new low to which daytime has stooped. <laughs> and also the same thing with um, with uh, Lily and the cancer, the ovarian cancer. Yes. Because that, I mean, please, she's 22 <laughs> years old. You know, I mean, and also the only reason they're doing it is because they want to give give the actress some depth. You know, they need a heroin on the show, and they couldn't get it, and and it's just so I feel so manipulated. You know, I feel totally manipulated. I'll tell you what's funny. Someone on your site last week, when when you put that in your, in one of your questions, someone on your site last week uh, said that that the funny thing about that story was was how it was mainly about the reactions of the men in her life. Right, 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 story. right. Yeah, somebody and, wrote that. That was a great observation. And, because, you know, I never, I, I, it never even dawned on me until someone said that, but it really is true. It's true. Well, the story is not so much about her. It's about Neil and Devon and Kane and exactly. As you know, fact, all the guys in her life. <laughs> when it was revealed, you know, this horrible, you know, the doctor, t- you know, Neil told her what was wrong. I mean, he, Christopher St. John had the scene, not, mm-hmm. not, um, you know, Crystal Khalil. And I thought that was very odd, too. Very, very odd. You know, but it's too cruel, as I wrote on my side. It's too cruel for the summer. I don't want a variant cancer for the summer. Wait for, wait for November sweeps, you know. <laughs> oh, it's true. You don't want to think about that. You know, you want to go to the beach. <laughs> you know, I'm not a bubblehead, but I, I, I just think that it's just too much. Too yeah. much for the, for the middle of the summer. And curiously, and I, I don't know if you know this, but ovarian cancer was the very first social issue show... Thing, thing done on daytime. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, Agnes did it, it at Guiding Light, I don't know, way before I was around. She gave Bert Bauer, um, who was a middle-aged woman, ovarian cancer, and that was the oh. very, very first uh, social issue story. But the thing is, Bert Bauer lived. You know? <laughs> no, I'm serious. She lived. Because I remember at the time, Agnes said she would only do stories about stories to have hope. Uh-huh. Okay, but this story they gave her forty five percent. I mean, didn't you, I like broke down when he, you know, they told her she had forty five percent chance of living. Uh-huh. I don't need that. <laughs> I really don't need that. Not in sunny July, anyway. I know, but just you know, I mean, I've been, you know, you you go through things in your own life, and it's like I don't know. There was just something about it that just seemed very fake, you know, and desperate. 
Talk to me about Clementine Ford. You know, almost nobody in the soap press likes what she's doing with Mac, and I think she's dynamite. I think she's good. I know. That's right. You, that's right. Yeah, I like her, too. You know, when I was speaking with you privately, you really made me think about that, you know, and I like her. I you do know, like she's, her. She's far from the standard soap ingenue, and, and that's exactly what I like about her. She's very refreshing, and I think that she... I agree and, with you. I agree with you. And you were she real- and Billy, Mir- Billy Miller share a sweet, very organic chemistry together. I, I agree. I agree. And she's just different. You know, in the old days, on like Another World, you'd always get different types, you know, in the 60s and the 70s, different types of women and you know, different types of men. And we know we always get the same type these days. And she's she's kind of offbeat. I like that a lot. I agree with you. You know, I think it's a really good observation. I, and um, I don't know. I guess people don't like her because she's kind of quiet or offbeat. Great. You know, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I really do. It's just that, you know, they don't cast people like that very much anymore. Well, and you know, she came in with such a splash too, because she's Sybil Shepherd's daughter, and you know, it it it, it felt at the time like they were reaching for a name in, right. in that way. And so uh-huh. I'm just wondering if if people resented her before they even saw her on screen, and 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 aren't giving her credit for that reason. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm not out there, but I know from the past that Paul has a fantastic eye for talent that goes back to another world. He, you know, he brought up Ray Liotta and. So many actors, and you know, Robin Strasser. Well, Robin Strasser was around before him, and okay. um, you know, so many of the people on One Life to Live, Jessica Tuck, and you know, he really, really has an eye for talent. I used to always see him at the theater, you know, like checking out actors and things. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, since he came on, I think the casting has been a lot better. You know, I think the big problem with that show is, and this is my opinion only. I think the younger cast is not very strong. And, you know, you have to get the viewers with the younger cast. And, you know, I think that the men are very handsome, and I think they've gotten a lot better, and I think Christopher Khalil has gotten a lot better. But I I think that they really need to buoy up that young cast, and I think that's the one thing that would make, you know, push that show back to its former greatness. Yeah. You know, they just need better. But, you know, as I said, the guys are, you know, I think they've, they've come along beautifully, you know, and and – but the girls, you know, Crystal Khalil has come along too, but not. You need somebody who is like a heroine, you know. You need, you need like a Rachel and Alice. You need an Alice, you know. You need a. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You need somebody who's compelling. Yeah. They need compelling, and there's no compelling on that show. That's why they said, okay, we're going to give her ovarian cancer to get people's sympathy. But that's different than making you love a character, <laughs> right? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Completely. I've been thinking about this, and I just, you know, it's fun because I, you know, I've watched Paul over the years, and and I know what he does, and I think he's really worked with a lot of those those young actors, and it's worked. But I think that, you know, I I I think that is is in a nutshell the only thing that's really wrong with that show at this point. I don't and, feel drawn well, in. You know, the the ingenues that he has, like Emily O'Brien, and and oh, they're uh, great. They don't use them. Yeah. The girl who plays. Colleen, I can't remember her name, but uh-huh. but uh, the young people that he that he does have to work with, especially on the female side, they are they're great actresses, but they're just kind of I don't know dull characters. I mean, they're they're not they're not characters you want to spend an hour with. Yeah, exactly. So, You're not drawn in. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I I think that's the big weakness. You know, I don't know. I guess you could do you could solve that with casting, but you have to solve it with writing also. Yeah. But on on the male side, I think Billy Miller is fabulous. Oh yeah, yeah, I love. I and it's so funny because I loathed him on All My Children, and yeah, I don't mean I, mean, I loathed yeah. the character. Yeah, I, I mean I loathed him. Yeah, I, I've gotten to like him a lot on the show. It's taken a while, you know, but I could tell that somebody's working with him. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh-huh. somebody's kicking their butts there, and it works. You know, he's he's developed. You know, he and Kane, the guy who plays Kane have developed really well. I uh-huh. think. 
you know. So they just I don't know what they need there. I think as I said, they they just need as I said, something that is heartfelt and compelling as opposed to plot driven. So talk about the myths of daytime. You know, we we had a discussion about this last week about, you know, how how kind of soap fans hear something and and take it as gospel and and you know, when you look deeper, it's it's really not so true. Well, I think it's, you know, people like me and maybe you, we read the boards all the time. You know, we're really hungry for the latest bit of information. And I think that, you know, we, we want it so we could use it in our arguments and, you know, thinking about it. And But a lot of the stuff that I see reported, you know, a lot of the, they're always like, uh, there's always like a, a line on everyone, you know, like, Somebody is the worst, you know, Jill is the worst monster in the world, and Paul is the worst monster in the world. And I don't know, I guess I have a little insight into this because, like, I've interviewed them over the years, and, yeah, sometimes they are, but they're not, you know, car- You know, they're not 100% something. You know, people assume that they know everything about everyone. You know, like with Jim, you know, who I knew personally, people write the nastiest things about him, <laughs> and they're not true, you know. I could, you know, I could tell you that they're really not true, you know, and, and, and I just, I don't know, you just, there's just so many, people just assume things, you know, and a lot of the stuff that's reported, you know, on, online is not fact, it's gossip, you know, we live in a gossip world, and and I think that a lot of people just take that gossip to heart, and they don't think about, well, is this true or not? Exactly. You know, or someone's opinion, you know, like I think that the famous thing is that, you know, that Maria Bell is the greatest, you know, single producer in the world. <laughs> Who is she? You know, and what about, you know, you've got Paul there, you've got Hogan there. Uh huh. Okay, what about them? So I'm saying, you know, if somebody carries on about how wonderful she is, uh, you know, everybody says, oh, Maria Bell, she's the cause of it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, use your head and think. You know, it's not always what it seems. And especially today on the net, because it's not exactly journalism, it's kind of like, you know, report. I, I don't know. It's just, I just take everything I see now and think, oh, let's consider the source. Uh, also, uh-huh. I'm a journalism professor, and you know this is what we teach kids. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You, you know, in the journalism world, you have to have two pieces of proof for any argument, and I don't see a lot of proof. Sure. You know, it's gossip. I wouldn't want people to gossip that way about me. Absolutely not. You know, you know. Oh, she's a monster. She's a this. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I think that that so fans should be very. Um, you know, think about what they read. That's why we call it, you know, Souls for the Thinking Fan. Because I think about what I read. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I read, and I said, oh, that can't be, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And even if you even if you think of, of popular opinions these days, like, you know, the, the, the general popular opinion is that Santa Barbara was always, you know, a, a fantastic soap. That's uh, not, yeah, uh-huh. You and that's I watched exactly. that show from the beginning to the end, and it wasn't always a fantastic No, movie. certainly not, certainly not. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I mean by myth. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the popular opinion is that, that Paul Roush's time at One Life to Live was just full of, you know, ridiculous, over-the-top stuff, and, and uh, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't always. No, no, you know, I mean, I loved, you know, I, I, I loved uh, Heaven, you know, that's a sure. famous story, and, and um as I said, there seems to be a part, here it is, a party line on everything. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I was around for, so I know. But, um, you know, Santa Barbara was not great. It was horrible at the end. You know? And that's the beginning, too. I mean, you know, in the in the very beginning, it was ridiculous. Oh, sure. sure. I interviewed the Dobsons, let me tell you. <laughs> I, know why the, I know why it was so ridiculous, you know. 
But uh, I liked it in the beginning, but um, as I said, people just, as I said, it's just, you know, myths, basically. You know, people say that, you know, Pete LeMay's Another World is the greatest soap ever. I watched it. I was bored. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, so so I just, it just, it just it, it you know, and then people use it in their arguments against each other, and I think that's very odd, very odd, you know. It, it depends. It depends on where you get your stuff from, you know. Well, and, and you know the the party line, as you say, is that you know Ryan's hope was always just sterling drama, and you know day to day on that show, it was quite boring. Well, I just they had a lot of different eras. They had an era I was thinking because you know Paul Mayer, who just died, he was uh, Claire's partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I interviewed them, and I was one, I was remembering about Paul Mayer because when I went to interview the two of them at Claire's house, Paul like you know when Claire would, like defend everything they wrote and and that the network didn't like, and Paul would just look up into the air and go, "This is bullshit," you know. <laughs> Excuse me, but what I'm saying is is that no, it, you know, you can't, you know, they did have a lot of problems on that show. They owned it, the network owned it, the time slot. They had, you know, it was always kind of tempestuous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people say, oh, it was, you know, it was wonderful. <laughs> you know, the only thing I could think is wonderful, you know, people say Gloria Monty's General Hospital is wonderful, and parts of it really were, but it wasn't all wonderful. Yeah. You know, so people, you know, everybody thinks that they know. They know, they know. <laughs> you know, you only know what you could think, basically. <laughs> You know, and as I say, I was I just happened to be around, you know, in those days and know, you know, know some of the participants and be on the magazines. And it's fun. That's you know, it's very hard for me to read the stuff online because sure. I know it's not true. Sure. So what's on tap for MarlenaDelacroix.com? I assume you're coming back to regular posting. Oh yeah, yeah, into the summer. Yeah, with the Emmys, definitely, definitely, I'm going to do the Emmys, and then I'll just go back into regular production, you know, every week. And you know, it's hard though, um, in terms of it's so hard to write um, criticism now because there's so much bad stuff, you know, and you don't want to write bad stuff every week. Mm -hmm. You don't want to say, oh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. You know, when I was at Soap Opera Weekly, I would I would write about the fun stuff. You know, I would try to have a different topic every week and say, uh-huh. you know, look at everybody's plastic surgery, ha, ha, ha. Or, you know, look at all the, you know, the mother-in-laws married to their son-in-laws. But now, you know, there's no fun. You know, as one of my writers, Matthew, says, it's very hard to bring out the funny now. You know, so that's the hard part is trying to get out the funny because there's not a lot of funny. And I don't like bashing people. I really don't get any pleasure out of seeing something I've been so involved with for most of my life, you know get trashed you know it's not you know joy joyous as it once was which is probably why something like the stuffed cat comes on and becomes a huge sensation because right right everybody wants something to laugh at <laughs> but i'm saying there's very few things that you can laugh at exactly you know and that was always the one of the reasons i love being marlena because there were just so many things in the soap world to write about and laugh at and you know i i, I don't want to keep you know, I'm not I'm not, I'm not in the business to you know destroy people. I'm, I used to you know I love selves and I would rather celebrate you know my love for them than their downfall. Well, I tell you what, I've had such a great time talking to you this morning, and I appreciate you, as I said, coming in from your vacation for a, for an hour or so just to come gab and. Well, I appreciate it, too, especially since I'm off to get a tooth pulled, literally, as we speak. So I am, literally. We're at 2 o'clock, and I just wanted to thank you for having me on again. I, you know, as I Absolutely. said, I've just been sitting Listen. here all summer bursting with opinions, and um, <laughs> this, 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 it's true. And this is, you know, a really great place to, 
to birth, so to speak. I hope I gave you something to think about. <laughs> you absolutely did, and I want you to know that you are welcome here anytime to discuss anything. Uh-huh, great. Okay, well, thanks again, and um, we'll speak soon, okay? okay. Before anytime. I let you go, could I get you to do a promo for my show? I neglected to do this oh, the first God, time you were on. Oh, God, I'm so honored. I would love I'm for so you to... honored, so honored. So you can say anything you like as long as it includes your name and Brandon's buzz. Okay. And I'm recording now, so anytime you're ready, shoot. Hi, this is Connie Pasolacqua-Hayman, otherwise known as Marlena Delacroix. Um, welcome to Brandon's show. He's a fantastic interviewer, and I'm saying that because I'm a journalism professor and he's a pro. Uh, have a great time with Brandon. I always do. Thanks. Bye. Fantastic. Thank you so, so, so much. Okay, great. I'll see you soon. Take Bye. care. Okay, bye-bye. The fantastic Connie Pasolacqua-Hayman, everybody. Marlena Delacroix herself, right here on Brandon's Buzz. Uh, Brandon's Buzz in the can for July 31st, 2009. Uh, as I said, I'm going on a road trip to Colorado next week, so I won't be on the air next week. And uh, uh, I'm going to visit my mother the week after that, so I won't be on the air the week after that. But I will be back on the air in the back half of August with uh, great new shows and great new guests. And hopefully Marlena will be joining me again in, in, the, in the very near future. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, and I want to tell you that you can find me in a number of ways on the Internet. First of all, this show's website, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. From there, you can listen to the show. You can listen to old shows. You can download old shows. You can drop me an email. You can leave comments. You can tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like, tell me what you'd like to see on the show. That's the show's main website, blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. From there, uh, you can access a full radio archive of past shows, uh, and just top, just uh, good lord, click on the radio button at the top of the page, and it'll take you to a page where you can access all my previous interviews. I've had this is my 29th show, so all 29 will be up on the radio archive later today. Uh, and from there, you can click on each show and listen to them, and also see the great banners that my pal Joanne makes to help me advertise the show. That's at my blog, Brandon'sBuzz.com. You can also find the show at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Just click, just click. Just type Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Click on my logo. From there, you can download old individual shows as podcasts, or you can subscribe to the show and have each episode automatically upload or automatically download to your iTunes Music library, your personal library, the minute they're uploaded to the site. So uh, yeah, by all means, check that out. So I'm all over the Internet. There is no excuse not to be able to find me. Just Google the words Brandon's Buzz and something about me will pop up and point you in my direction, surely. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate Marlena for stopping by one more time. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, coming by, and I hope you continue coming by and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Brenda Russell, and there is definitely a buzz happening. Brandon's Buzz. I just had the most fun in the world doing Brandon's Buzz. This is Louise Schaefer. It's a fabulous podcast, and it's a great, great way to spend some time. Brandon is the best. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hey, everybody, this is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's Buzz. Come on, you got to find him. Hi, this is Gordon. Thompson speaking, and I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time, and I think you will too, so please, log on, and have a look. Merci à vous tous, écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio.
Bonsoir et à très bientôt.